Hey family, welcome back to another episode of Tour, Tour Life. Life. This is your host, Denya Hamilton and... Celis Hamilton. Before we get started, I just want to thank everybody who's been tuning in and supporting us. We're just super grateful that you guys are on this journey with us as we're passionate with sharing what we've been learning in our own marriage. And everything that you guys have been giving us as far as feedback has been extremely encouraging. We're super blessed to hear that you guys are being blessed. And we just want to continue dropping gems. And we also look forward to more difficult, more gracious, more in-depth, more untalked about conversations coming up as we continue forward. So speaking of in-depth conversations, um, I'm going to let my husband talk about the topic that we're going to discuss today. The topic for today is protecting your spouse. So I know that the first thing that probably comes to your mind is protecting as far as like a physical protection, and that is very, very important. But we want to dive a little deeper into this topic. So discuss it a little bit with us, babe. Well, similarly, if you were the person who immediately thought about physical protection when you heard us speak about this topic, what we want to gear your mindset towards is the idea that protecting your spouse, not only physically, but emotionally, um, is your job. Each person in the marriage has a responsibility to make sure that their spouse is in the position to be best used by God, to be best encountered by God, to be best found by God, and to best just have their life positioned where God can actually move. Um, and so in protecting your spouse, if you want to make sure that your spouse is in the best possible position, which is what love is, is making sure they are set up completely to be able to move unhindered in the way that God wants them to move, protecting your spouse and making that your mission and your goal has to be a priority for you. Yeah, it's really important before Celis and I got married that we just created this really healthy rhythm or healthy boundary that we would just never, you know, talk bad about each other. And that even when we're in the presence of other people, that it's our job not to like demonize one another. And so I want to talk about like some concrete examples. So we all know that every person, every marriage, we experience conflict. And in that conflict, we are very vulnerable, we're hurt, we're just feeling all of these emotions and some way, somehow, we want to get it out. And we want to talk about how even in those desperate times of wanting to vent, that you still have that responsibility to protect your spouse, even when you guys are in a conflict, an argument. Yeah, like... My goal should always be to make sure that my wife knows that I desire more than anything to see her succeed in her relationship with God and in her relationship with the people around her. And so in keeping with that goal of mine, one thing that I'll never do is no matter how angry or heated our conflicts get or no matter how much I feel betrayed or hurt, you know, those are all things that the enemy will use to divide you and your spouse, particularly because you will want the opportunity to be able to vent those emotions. And while there is a necessary component for you being able to share healthily all the hurt that you feel in community, one thing you want to make sure that you do is that you always present your spouse in the light that Jesus sees them in. So whenever you're speaking to people about conflict or something that happened between your spouse, one thing I do, and I exercise this with my brothers that I'm accountable with, 
is we have this rule where whenever one of us is talking about something that happened or a conflict or some some hurt that we're feeling or something we're going through in our marriage, we make sure that we direct each other's conversation to focusing on venting and confessing and sharing what we have done wrong so that we're not demonizing, hurting, or throwing our spouse under the bus because, face it, if my friend is telling me about something their wife did to them that really hurt them because they're my friend, no matter what, their hurt is legitimate. And I, as a friend, am going to do whatever I can to make sure they feel empathized and know that they are heard and and that I stand with them. And so no matter how that conversation goes, there is the tendency for their spouse to be looked at in an unhealthy manner. And I'm so grateful that my husband is super wise and just super mature in the faith because I honestly didn't grow up that way. All I saw was, you know, people talking bad about each other. If they had a problem with somebody, they would talk to another person about it. And so I kind of grew up in that culture. And so I had to actually like, untrain myself with talking bad about people especially like coming into this marriage and so all transparency a few weeks ago Celis and I get into a huge argument we exchange some hurtful words um that definitely you know hurt and just cut each other to the core and I'm a I'm a really emotional person and so I had to leave the house because I'm like look I can't really be around him and that's normal right like arguments and conflicts are normal and so I needed a way to vent and of course like I call up some girls I call up some friends right because that's what we do and I tell them the situation but and I think it's I thought it was okay because I first confessed what I did wrong I said hey I just this is what I said, this is what I did against my husband. But where I went wrong was I told them what he did to me. Um, was Celis on that phone call, was he anywhere to be found? No, so in a way, even though it wasn't my intent, I was demonizing my husband. I was slandering him. And in the word, I wanna bring up a few scriptures that it says in Proverbs ten eighteen, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a fool. And I wanna talk about what slander is. Slandering means to make a false and damaging statement about someone so in a way I was damaging my husband and in addition to that I was damaging his witness because he is you know a leader in our church and even though my friends didn't say "Ooh, like I don't see Celis as like this you know leader anymore because he treats his wife that way it's still it's like it definitely affects somebody's point of view about him and so that's where I went wrong in that situation so I just want to encourage you guys to just protect and just be careful what you do spill out in conversation and we want to give you hope with this because this opportunity you know with every opportunity with every amount of darkness with every trial that you go through this this having this as something that we can look back on is a blueprint for us going forward in our marriage forever because we now have made it our, our mission to, number one, confess our own sins. Because God, when he comes to us, there is, a, there is such a powerful thing that happens in our expression of our need for God. He meets us exactly in that need. 
Um, but one of the things that stops us often from meeting God and from having him invade our lives in the areas that we hope he would is because we don't acknowledge our faults, our sins, and that we need him. And so we're so busy wanting to point out someone else's sins, particularly if they've hurt us, mm -hmm. that we are blind to the fact that that is our responsibility. So what we're essentially saying is it's you don't have to worry about your spouse not getting what they deserve if you guys both create a culture of confessing your own sins so the same way that i had to own up to the hurt that i caused my wife that she'll have to carry for a long time and we 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 talk about forgiveness and we talk about moving forward but it is my job to own up to the fact that i hurt my wife in a deep way mm -hmm. and that if i don't confess that openly it's not her job to confess it because right. that doesn't do me any good. It is my job to confess how I've hurt her mm -hmm. and to carry that and bring it to God and to healthy community. Right. So that's something that I will bring to my boys and I will let them know so that they can rebuke me, so that they can point me toward being more patient, toward watching my words, toward not allowing myself mm -hmm. in anger to retaliate in a way that's attacking and damaging yeah. her. And that is something that we want to encourage for any marriage, for anybody in a relationship who's listening here, is to build a culture of protecting one another in the sense of that you both take ownership for your own sins, so much so that you would not allow your spouse even to have the opportunity to have to confess on your behalf, because you are so ready to confess your own sins and take part in the hurt that you've caused them. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about how we believe in like healthily speaking out and finding an outlet to where we could discuss like the argument, discuss the conflict. We are, I just want to say, we are in no way, shape, or form saying that you should keep things in and Never. you should bottle things up. Never. I hope that that's not the message that you all are receiving. We are, we are number one, we're advocates for you taking time to process all of the emotions that God yes. has given you. Um, we believe that you know, sadness and hurt and pain are the things that God has given us mm -hmm. as gifts to help us receive the gift that comes from us processing through those emotions healthily. So right. we definitely, yeah. yeah. So what do we do with these emotions, right? What do we do when we're in an argument or we want to like reconcile, right? We want to create peace in our marriage. Um, so Salas and I go to couple counseling. We have been going to counseling ever since we were dating. So this particular person has been with us throughout the whole journey. And so our, we really do advise you that even if it's not a professional counselor, there should be a neutral mediator. Um, but both parties need to be there. It, that's the most important part because you can't just tell your side of the story and then just expect, um, you know, just expect to be healing there. Because even in the word of God, um, Matthew 18, 15 through 16 says, if your brother sins against you, go and rebuke him in private. And then it says, if he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he won't listen, take one or two others with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. What I love that the scripture shows us is that there is a community responsibility to make sure that everybody is voiced properly. Um, this scripture shows us that you can, you know, you can address the conflict one-on-one -on -one and you may solve the conflict and you may have won your brother. So essentially I can go to my wife in the conflict and we can try to work it out. But if we cannot, 
then it is healthy to bring people into mm-hmm. our conflict. And this is where the ability to have healthy accountability and community around you is so key. Yes. But if you notice this scripture, both me and my wife are still in the picture. Mm-hmm. We haven't, it isn't that I went to go get community and left my wife there. It isn't that right. she went to go get community and left me. We allowed both of us to be there so that every fact may be established because what this does is in us pouring out our hurt and our pain, it keeps us accountable to acknowledge what we've done to each other in the presence of those witnesses. It allows me to hear the ways that I've hurt her because a mediator is able to help you see your sins and your flaws in a way that sometimes you couldn't see it through all the noise and the bickering and the arguing. Exactly. And so in addition to having this mediator, you can allow your spouse to communicate what they were trying to because at the end of the day, We don't try to intentionally hurt each other, right? It just kind of happens. I mean, it's just a human thing that happens. And so maybe something that my husband was trying to share with me, I couldn't really receive it well. And so that in in those counseling sessions or whenever we're talking with, you know, another married couple together, um, it gives me the space and the opportunity to really listen and hear what my husband has to say because sometimes our emotions get in the way. I'm going to give you a very practical sentence that I want anyone listening to never forget. Don't ever think you can bring unity between you and your spouse without them. Mm-hmm. We, some reason, believe that we can solve the conflict with the person we're having a problem with mm. without solving it with them. That's so and weird. that's so stupid to me. And I want to make sure that you understand that if me and my wife have a problem, there is no way I can solve the problem between us without her. So right. I need to make sure I bring other people into our situation, bring other people in to speak wisdom into our conflict and to help us see where we both are failing each other and hurting each other. But I can't allow my wife for a second to be left out of the picture because what God put together, let no man, friend, accountability partner, community, or even ourselves mm-hmm. separate. 